Hello, this is uh, the intro for What Type of Church Dweck, Season 3, Episode 10. I am interviewing uh, Tim Rager. Uh, his name is pronounced a little bit differently, but his stage name, he goes by Rager because uh, that's easier. But uh, it's like Rager, but it's Rager on stage. So uh, he's great. He's a new comic for about a year in, and we uh, we really talk about like loving comedy and getting into it and how it's affected our lives, and he's just one of the sweetest guys. He's really, really funny. I really think you should check him out. I really, uh, you know, if you can, somehow he has a show coming up that we mentioned. Uh, he's great. He's fantastic and uh, just such a sweet guy, such a really nice, like, really genuine person, really good. And uh, we, um, and he's so funny. And we just talk about everything in comedy. And uh, it's great. Hey, what's going on, Dweck? You're on uh, Season 3, Episode 10 of What the Heck with Richard Dweck. Hey, what's, what's up, man? How you doing? Good. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Excited to be here. Yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, like working out with me. I know it yeah. took a little bit. Not too bad, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, how do I start this? But I never know how to like start asking, <laughs> like getting into it. I've done ten of these, so it's like I should like know. But uh, you recently had a birthday, right? Yeah, yeah. Yesterday was my birthday. You turned. Uh, I got it wrong last time. Thirty four. Thirty five. Thirty five. I was yeah, there with yeah. thirty four, thirty five. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it's kind of a topic that we kind of talk about a lot on the podcast uh, is like starting out like you started, you said December, right? Of yeah. Yeah. 2019. Just, yeah. Yeah. Before and the world went crazy. Did you ever feel like, like, how did that come about? What was your, uh, like, uh, what made you want to start? So... I like really got into to stand up uh, like like two years ago, like right. almost like obsessively, you know, <laughs> like. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. That happened to me in 2010. And what was so crazy about it was I started like I did local improv because I had no idea. Like I didn't know open mics or like, anything was. So I just thought, well, a ton of comedians I like started through improv so i'll find some way to like just do it for like maybe a few months and then just find some way to do stand-up and then it ended up taking me like (laughs) four years and basically what happened was i guess there's always been like a scene but not like around where i was in new jersey in the jersey shore yeah so it it started uh like back again with uh angelo in 20 like 2013-ish, I guess. Yeah. Or 20, and then I came in in 2015, just like my improv teacher was like, he knew I wanted to do stand-up. So he started having like local comedians open for us. And then he let me do stand-up. And I met Mark Henley there and a bunch of people like, that don't do stand-up anymore. <laughs> but uh, it was, and then I had this one kid, Dylan Negan, who was in my, who used to do stand-up. I don't know if he still does or not, but uh like, he's on and off. And he, like, gave me, like, the first open mic to go to. And I was so happy. Uh, but it, it was, like, you know, it, it was so funny because growing up, I was always, I was held back in kindergarten, so I was always the, the oldest, like, of people. And then when I came into the scene, I was just this, like, the youngest one there. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's so interesting to, like, think about, like, all the people that, like, I sort of know for, like, five years is, like, I knew Jack when he was really young, Jack Zeiger. Yeah. And like Mark when he was starting out, like uh, Mark Henley and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, those guys. So I was just curious, like, you got into it like two years ago, you said? Uh, yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I've always liked stand up, but um, yeah. I guess, like, you know, listening to podcasts like, like Rogan or like Phil Tony, it made me like kind of really want want to try it but not only that like understand it as like a a craft almost. oh yeah 
Because, like, you know, you, you see, like, I saw Jim Brewer when I was young. And I, like, literally thought he made all that up when he was on the right. stage, you know? <laughs> like, I was like, wow, he's so, he does this every night? That's crazy. Yeah. But, I saw him. Well, if, uh, he, uh, what, he was so nice when I met him. Yeah. That was, like, yeah. a little bit before I started doing stand-up. But uh, he, um, yeah, it was just, like, so, to me, what was so interesting about it was, like, I I sort of went through, like, the period where, like, there wasn't really good, like, stand-up. Like, I like him a lot, but there was, like, Gabriel Iglesias was one, and then, like, I'm on and off with this, with Jeff Dunham, I don't know your opinion, but, like, <laughs> that was, like, a huge thing. And I was like, no, I want, like, actual stand-up. So when I became, like, huge into it was Louis C.K., which is so, like, demoralizing now, because he was the... <laughs> key figure of like i saw his i guess his second hbo special was the first one i saw of his and it was just like so different to me because he wasn't wearing a suit yeah it's he was wearing a t-shirt and jeans and i was like he's like a chubby guy like me and i was like oh like you don't need to be like wearing a suit and all prim and proper to do this yeah exactly and I just wanted to do it like, Jeff and, Dunham is, like, the jokes you make in a theater, and Louis C.K. is, like, the jokes you make at work, and you hope no one hears you. Right. Yeah, like, and uh, it just was, like, such a perfect timing in, like, 2010 to get into it, because right after that, like, a few years after that, I guess in, like, 2012, I started listening to all the podcasts, and it was just, like, this is, like, so great. But it was so, like, like what I wanted to ask with you mm was do you wish that you had started when you were younger or do you think that you've started like at the right time uh I, I don't like to really like wish that i could change things you know like that's not really what right. i like doing but yeah right. obviously like i wish i was 10 years in right now you know <laughs> like, right but, but also like i went like my life like leading up to me turning 35 like I feel like a lot of that stuff I needed in order to. Oh yeah. You know, like going through like drug addiction and you know, like moving back home, and then like one of the the like main things that like made me get into stand up was just like realizing like, am I doing anything like I enjoy with life? You know, (laughs) like right. I was, and then like realizing you know like when i became obsessed with stand-up comedy like two years ago that like i really enjoy this and like it's something you can work at that's like can be a hobby and it's not physically taxing like i played hockey my whole life and now my hips are like garbage like i have a hard time Uh, walking sometimes so like i was like this is something that mentally i can work out right enjoy you know i guess there's like it's an it's a competitive thing so like i guess like with me, what's so surprising, and I guess would be surprising to a lot of people, is like, I can't picture you playing hockey at all because <laughs> not that I think like you're wimpy or anything, but you're just so like docile. Yeah, yeah. Well, I play goalie, so. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, that makes that makes it a little bit more sense. I have a, sorry, sorry. I tried to learn uh, about hockey twice. Uh, and both times were to get a girl to like me. <laughs> One girl in high school, like, she was literally like the same age, but she was a great, had me. She didn't know that I was held back, but she was like, and that's why she didn't go out with me, but she was a huge hockey fan, and I was like, I'm going to learn hockey, and then I'll be able to talk to her. <laughs> yeah. And then I tried to get him with another girl in college, and I was just like, I can't get into this. <laughs> I can't, like... Like, I liked it, but I couldn't understand, yeah. like, but, how to learn it. I mean, uh, ho- hockey, actually, like, getting into it, it's a lot like getting into, stand- like, stand-up. There's, like, a certain level of of knowledge of it you have to yeah. get in order to, like, start to understand it. Like, that's the thing, like, I'm yeah. realizing, like, I'm almost a year in, and I'm realizing, like, oh, I know nothing about this. Like, I thought, right. <laughs> I thought I knew something, like. Right. Well, it took me, you know, I always say, like, it took me, like, a year and maybe six months to learn how to actually write, like, an actual, like, set-up punchline joke. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of it was just, like, you start out just, like, with premises, and, like, you're so new. And, like, to me, I was like everyone else, where you sort of have, like, the people that influence you 
so you sound a lot like them. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was just, like, I was just this weird amalgamation of, like, Gaffigan and Mark Marin <laughs> and Louis C.K. <laughs> those three guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was a weird, like, mix of those guys. And then you just initially, like, to me, it's just, like, finding your voice. And it's, like, you know, I'm kind of there now a little bit, but it's always just, like, keep on building. And, like, with you, I think that is such, like, a like a thing that you have already. Like, it feels like you kind of have that with just like you know yourself yeah i mean well that that comes with age and you know, like, yeah like I, exactly i i that's the one thing i guess i i'm kind of glad that i started when i started because like i've been through the life experiences where i know i don't want to be like fake or i don't want to like project right. things on stage you know like if I want to be genuine because like, I guess that's kind of like how I want to live my life. So, yeah. And, uh, I think like with you, like we we're trying not to talk about too much before this podcast, but, uh, like I, <laughs> it was totally, uh, like saying this, uh, last time we talked mm-hmm. was that, and this is like an opinion that I shared with a lot of other people was just your set, like the one that you have for like set up for shows. Like, yeah. Yeah. The set that you've, curated and I guess created in the past year that you've been doing it it's so good oh thank you and it's like what's so great about it is like you just sort of you sort of found like a good easy like not easy but like interesting topic you have like a good opening of like okay this is material to get to know this person like it's perfect like yeah yeah you know I was just curious like was was there a lot of hurdles to get through that or like how did you like come up with the material so uh well so like my my like intro like i I realized that like when i get up there people like see me as just like if you look around even the scene like i'm another white guy in a beanie right uh, like so like i need something that one will be interesting right off the hook and like m- my name is interesting rager right. i mean it's technically pronounced rager but when you're given the name right. like <laughs> rager it just kind of goes right so i was like right. all right that's a good intro i can use that but also like i need to set the expectation that i'm not gonna be loud and boisterous because that's not who i am Right. So, like, after going to like a million mics and seeing people like kind of look at me like, "Who are you?" I was like, "Oh, right. people need to know who you are right away." Yeah, yeah. So if you can get in two sentences an explanation of who you are, yeah. and a laugh, like, yeah, the way I sort of look at it is that's really important. Like, I sort of, I came up with this like way to put it is. I call it, like, the Kramer effect. Like, if you ever watch Seinfeld... <laughs> yeah, I love Seinfeld. Like, you know Kramer, like, he comes in, and, like, two seconds, you know, his complete deal. Yeah. <laughs> you have to be that with stand-up. You have to immediately get on stage, and in, like, 15 seconds, people have to know, like, just the gist of who you are. Yeah. Like, they can learn a little bit more when you, like, show them with your jokes, but, like, they have to sort of understand what you are right away. Yeah. Like, you guys have the tone of me. And I think you just do that really yeah. well with just showing, like, this is what, and this is what I am. And this is, like, how I like how you mentioned, like, low energy and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like, so great. Yeah. Cause, like, and uh, a lot of it, is, too, is, is, like, one controlling expectations, I guess. And it's also, like, hey, yeah. it's okay to laugh at me. Like, I'm going to laugh at me. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah, I get a lot of, uh, like, mixed opinion on that. Like, I used to, one of the things that I really, uh, like, had a mix that didn't like, and now I get used to it because I don't do, like, self-deprecating stuff as much as I do used to do, is because they don't let me at the brain bar. They're too nice to me. <laughs> like, they get mad when I make fun of myself. And it's like, that's my sense of yeah. humor. My sense of humor has been since the get-go. And my, my opinion on it is I have to make fun of myself to set up to make fun of 
other yeah. things. Yeah, I, I agree. With so that. it's like yeah. the elephant in the room can't talk shit about stuff. It has to address that it's an elephant yeah. in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't be like, you know, an elephant can't be like, this topic is weird. It's like, you gotta address what you are. First. Yeah. Yeah. I... And uh, I just, I, I always try, like, not to, you know, there's always a line. Because you don't want to come off as like, I don't know, like complaining or like it's never been like a, like a pity thing. It's just like I find these things funny yeah. about myself and like then we can move yeah. on to other things. And that gives me the, you know, I guess the confidence to talk about other people and other yeah. things. But uh, I, I wanted to say this to you too is, and I noticed this with <laughs> you and like Matt Nesimento are like, and a few other couple of other people are like the least problematic <laughs> of like <laughs> like no no one has any problems. You're like you've really uh, and this is a good thing. This is a really good quality to have. I wish <laughs> I had this a little bit better when I started out because I was still like I was just young and uh, but you're like you've gotten along pretty well with everybody. Do you think do you? Do you feel that? Oh, yeah. Do you oh, feel yeah. that you've sort of been embraced by the community? Yeah, definitely. I mean, even from like the first open mic I ever went to, like, like Tim Lowe like said hi to me after, and like Kyle, 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 Colorado now, like he, he said, yeah. hey, you know, like good job, like welcome to doing this. Like, here's other right. places you can go and do this. Right. So like, right yeah, now, we have. Oh, sorry. I right. cut you off. Like right, right away, like people were really nice, and like, I that's my personality. Like, I I think part of me, like being like a skinny guy, like learned young that like, hey, if I get along with everyone, no one's gonna beat me up. Like, because right. other people will be mad that that person beat me up, and then I'll have defense. You know. <laughs> right. So like, and I think with yeah, it's just like, and also we have such a good mix of like age like it's so weird to think with the different people how far apart we are in age sometimes yeah <laughs> like i mean like it's crazy to think about like he doesn't seem that way like you know he is like vin brew is in his 40s angelo is in his 40s and they're not like us in our 30s and 20s aren't too uh like we don't feel like they're so much older than us yeah yeah, no, like, I well, comedy, I guess, like, keeps you, like, young also, but, uh, like, it's hard, it's hard to, like, project that you have a 401k when you're upstage to- talking about your dick, you know, but, yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, I, so I feel like I came into the scene, like, because you guys were so well established as friends, like, one, it kind of didn't matter who I was, right. you know, like, I was just coming up there to tell jokes and being quiet and laugh when, right? Know. And uh, so like it was cool to come in because it it almost felt like it didn't matter if I was there or not, which made me want to try so much harder. Right. You know, like I wanted it to matter that I was there. I wanted people to see me and be excited. So like that's right. And I think people have that now. Like I just noticed that when and you know it's just your personality and everything you're just super nice and it's been really really good uh i want to go back a little bit when so were you kind of were you funny as a kid were you uh like uh into or anything because i can't imagine you being too much of like a troublemaker or anything i wasn't like so that I, I don't think I was like really that funny. I, I think I think I was I was weird and I did things right. that I yeah, realized I that. people laughed at. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like I kind of like when people do that. So let me just like keep doing right. weird things. Right. That's such like a that's such an interesting thing to me to be that way because like I was that way, but I was super sensitive. So like. I didn't like being made fun of. And, like, it's so funny to people now that I like being made fun of by comedians. And I'm like, yeah, because we're comedians. And there's, like, a different, like, uh, relationship to that. When you're just a weird person and people want to talk to you, and it's almost like you're doing experiments on you and then laughing at the result. (laughs) And it's like, that's not fun. 
when you're a kid. Yeah, no. But like to me, what I told this like a lot on podcast recently that I just realized is like when I was in school, like teachers wouldn't get mad at me when I would like fight back verbally. All right, yeah, like like it would seem like other kids would get in trouble if they said the things that I said because I would just be like, you know, I would just I got like fourteen to sixteen like really more like sarcastic and stuff. It was just like but that's how like my sense of humor came from like being able to defend myself. And uh I yeah, it was just I wanted to ask you more about that. Was was growing up was comedy like what was your family really into uh comedy like you were not so not like stand up comedy uh, right I get like my mom like loved Seinfeld, so right that show always had like a a certain spot in my heart, but like right as far as like stand up like my parents told me that they saw George Carlin when I was young. And like I like part of me like didn't believe them because I was like, how did you know who Carlin was? <laughs> you know, like right. stand up comedy was not like a thing that was talked about or anything when I was right. young. Uh but what I, I noticed is like I really liked when people like told the story about something I did. Like when I was young, like we got locked out of the house and they right. put me in through the window because I was tiny. And then they were, like, waiting at the front door for me to let them in. And then, like, eventually they had to yell, like, Tim, open the door. And, like, I responded, like, can't, Mom, I'm watching Ghostbusters. <laughs> you know, and, like, I liked when people told that story because, like, it always, like, got a laugh. <laughs> right. Yeah, And, like, part of me, like, understood that, like, that's who I am in that story, that they're laughing with me not right. laughing like at me right and there's like the control thing to it that's all it is with the like stand up what's great about it is it gives you a sort of control over life that you didn't think you had oh yeah definitely yeah and I think that's a major thing uh, I uh, I was this isn't like a, if you don't want to talk about this we don't have to but uh, I was curious you mentioned uh you had some drug addiction problems? Oh, yeah. Yeah, said? I was a big cokehead. Uh, uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised when I heard that, like, because you're about all this stuff. And I was just <laughs> like, what was interesting to me was that you started to talk about it on stage a little bit. Yeah, you know, because, like, that's, like, a large part of, like, who I was and also, like, who I am. You know, right. So, like, I again, like, wanting to be genuine, you know, like, I know there's humor there because, like, when I used to do uh, meetings and everything, and like, you have to like give your speech, like, right, I would get a bunch of laughs. Like, I would care more about getting laughs than like delivering a good message. Right. But, uh, like, yeah, I realized too, like, I'm, I'm like, completely addictive person like like right now i'm addicted right. to stand up like that's it's a right. better addiction but yeah i'm still obsessed about it when i'm at work i wish i was doing it yeah when i get out of work I and get, i think like, like excited about doing yeah. it you know yeah i i just thought it was you know it was just like i thought it was you know pretty brave of you just to like start doing that because it can be so Oh, you could. Like, you I can, don't know. How... Well, the first time I ever talked about it on stage, like, I, I got like a giggle, and I, it was like the first thing I opened with. And then, like, the next five minutes were me, like, uh, like trying so hard to get laughs and not be judged. Right. So, like, part of me wants to talk about it too, because I realize, like, it's a dangerous thing. Like, it can, you say addiction, and all of a sudden, like, people don't want to laugh. When right. like to me like it's like hilarious, so <laughs> right. And uh, so you haven't had any type of like. I mean, I know there's like a little bit of partying in the scene. There's like a tiny yeah. bit, but you haven't had any type of like. No one's like tempted you with anything, or you haven't had any. No, no. Honestly, 
it hasn't been any triggering like yeah like the point yeah the point that i'm at in in my life like i don't want to drink like i don't like that i don't like who i am when i drink like that's why like i've had enough time away from substances to know that they're not what i'm into right and even i guess when i was into them i think part of me it was like just the escape of it it wasn't that like i enjoyed beer it was like i need to get away from me like i've spent enough time with me now where i like myself and right you know that kind of i mean it sounds a little like arrogant like i'm saying that people who drink don't like themselves that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying like i misuse substances but like even like now like like i smoke weed again like (laughs) right so like i'm not I'm not perfect, I, and I use. Right. I guess I do use that as an escape. I don't know, but like, right. Part of me came to the realization, like after like years clean, that I was like, "What am I getting out of this? Like, <laughs> am I holding on to this because it's a pattern? It's like my new thing. Like right. my new getting high is not getting high. Right. So was. So stand up has been pretty good at, I guess keeping your mind focused on something else i was curious like your family is very supportive yeah yeah they're great i love them right like the same with mine and uh like were they surprised when you started like performing or did you have any type of like performing experience before like any type uh, of uh yeah did you do theater or so, anything yeah like in in high school uh our our theater uh, teacher, the director of like the play that went on every year, was uh, our English teacher yeah. for junior and senior year, and it was like wow. a big thing that like everyone knew if you were in the play, you could do anything in that class and still get an A. <laughs> like you didn't have to do work, right? So and that's that is my high school career to a T. Can I? do something where I don't have to do work and still graduate. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so like, I, I did the play like junior and senior year. And like I acted like when I was young in plays because my sister, my older sister would. And then like when I was older, like I, I played music at like open mics and stuff like that. So like oh. part of me is doesn't think they were surprised. Like I think part right. of them is very surprised that I'm funny. <laughs> right. right. But uh so you you played music. What uh what did you do? Uh, uh so like I've been in bands, I played bass and guitar in bands and then I, I like tried doing the whole solo thing. Right. Uh, you know, guitar and sing. But I never really liked my voice enough to like pursue it, pursue right. it. Yeah, I sang when I was in high school. And it was, that was so surprising to my parents when I started performing there. And, like, it was a cool thing to, like, learn how to do. But for me, I was just surrounded by people who were so good, like, that were just, like, you know, yeah. amazing. So when I, I never knew, like, if I was good or bad, I just figured I was okay. Like, or not, like, insulting me or saying I'm bad or anything. But I just realized, like, I'm just a, like, very, like, I can just handle myself. Like, I I can sing in a way of, like, and now the way of, like, singing now, it's so interesting, is, like, I my voice is pretty high, so I only do, like, the high singing to be funny, because, like, yeah, it could be yeah. very hard to do, like, anything, oh, yeah. like, like, when I was in high school, uh, my teacher was, like, so annoying because he made me like learn these songs that were just like uh frankie valley songs and stuff and like uh, he's great yeah. but it's like having to do that to your voice is like i like doing it like to be funny like i did uh <laughs> last time i performed in high school was i did this uh i did adam sandler's song red hood sweatshirt all right yeah and I did that with like a super high voice. It was very funny and very good. And I was like, I can do that. Regular stuff. It's like way, it's a lot of work. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I was, I was just surprised. Like you seem so 
like not in a bad way, like totally like good way. Like you seem very confident in yourself and in like what you can <laughs> do. And I it's good to see that because like you know, it's you're like very well adjusted for a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's glad like it's it seems that way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, I mean, part of me, I guess that's like the realist of, in me is like, I, I know, like, I, I still feel like I'm asking people if this is funny when I do things on stage. Right. Yeah, like, so like for you to say that I, I seem confident is that's like, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, you're but, welcome. Yeah. I thought, like, you're, you know, uh, the one thing that uh, you do, which is, like, I wish I could do more, is you go and see a lot of comedy still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, has that, uh, like, I wanted to ask about this. You met uh, Mark Norman, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I met him at, like, uh, this weird show at, like, some airport <laughs> It's like not like a real airport. It's like one of those where Cessnas take off. Right. Uh, I I still wish I remembered who was putting on that show because it was a bunch of local comedians. It's just like pretty much what's happening now. Yeah. Where like local comedians are are producing shows and yeah. getting big names to come out. Yeah. It was like that. It was like a Thursday or something, and it was it was just real cool because that was like the second time I saw him. <laughs> within a month so i saw yeah. he changed and like that was like a big like aha this is something yeah. to work at in december in the asbury uh park brewery uh he did a show with a lot of the comedians that i started out with joe mcandrew and like it was so cool like for me to see that to see like people and i see that a lot now with a lot of people like those people is like wow they're like they're kind of moving forward and it's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. And part of me is like, you know, I always get like a little bit jealous because I was in that like circle a few, like, like starting out. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like, you know, if I had kept like in that scene with those people, like I'm still close with them and still like friends, but like, I haven't really been able to do shows with them. I was like, if I was able to like keep doing shows with them and stuff, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. it feels like, you know, it's, it's always, you know, that's the one thing with stand up. And like, it kind of reminds me of when I did like karate for three years is like, you have to, you, you have to evolve on your own pace. Yeah. You can't be like, you can't get too upset over who is surpassing you or how like well you're pacing yourself or going. Cause to me, at least, like, I think like, I have this podcast now and first I wasn't doing too well with it. I wasn't, you know, the audio was terrible. I was not putting too much work into it. And then I actually started using the microphone and I just started using like putting work into it. And now I've interviewed 10 people and I have like a ton of people to, that I have scheduled until February. And I was like, it's just been so great to find that like way to get through yeah. Like, just the move. Like, do you have any, like, I know you said, like, you, it's kind of a hobby to you, but do you have any type of, like, aspirations that you're working towards or Oh, anything? yeah, def- definitely. Like, uh, I honestly, if, if I could make money doing open mics, I would quit my job and focus on this 100%. <laughs> right. right. Like, that's not realistic. Uh, I, right. I mean, that's. So this is where I guess I do have a regret of starting so late is like understanding that you need to put in 10 years to get good. And even then you're you're still not near being great. (laughs) Right. And even then you're still not near making a living doing this. (laughs) Uh, But like from what I've seen, though, with everything is like as long as you keep, you know, it. It's so funny when I was starting out, and I just realized this all the time. I always feel so bad when I talk to like younger people. Is I wish I could give them more like like younger experience and give them more of like a definite answer. Yeah, because everything you say sounds trivial. Like it sounds like you're not giving a person an answer, but yeah. you are. It's like you know, 
it's it's like so demoralizing, I guess, when you're like you want to give them some type of breaking like like thing like that they can grasp onto, and then you just say you just got to write, man. Yeah, <laughs> you just got to get on stage get on as much as you can. And that seems like not an answer. It's like no, give me like something like that I can like actually no, but it's like no, those are the two things you have yeah. to do. Well, see, that's where like coming from like a like twelve step thing was like right. It helped me understand comedy because like in there they say like just keep coming, like that's right. the big thing. Like go to a meeting and just keep coming. Like work on today and then don't worry about tomorrow. So like coming in with that mindset was so helpful that like I just needed to get on stage today. It didn't right. matter whether I got laughs or if I bombed for five minutes. Right. Yeah, I just needed to show up and do it and then not worry. Like I would get better at getting better. Yeah. And that's always what it is. Like you're just always getting better. That's what I like about just stand up in general is you really get to see like the progress that you make and it always just ends up somewhere like you just think like I could I used to you know when I was starting out it would take me like the longest sets that I would do when I would do shows in like New York and stuff I'd do like six minutes but really I'd bomb for like four minutes (laughs) (laughs) and then like I'd like do well at like the end and it'd be like, I have to find a way to reach these people before, like, I have to get laughs before, like, the end of the, like, set. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was a big learning thing for me was, like, get a laugh in 30 seconds instead of three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was talking. I'm probably on myself too much. Uh, no, it's good because, like, I don't really like that's the thing, also. Like, in the, I've been in the scene, quote unquote, for a year, but I still feel like I don't really know anyone. So that's why I was right. like excited to come on here and like learn about you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it's it's just interesting. Like, what's with me, what was so like, I guess, what, what did I want to talk about? I want to talk about something. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I guess. With me, oh, like, I guess quarantine was the biggest thing that was, like, what kind of, like, I can only ask this to you and other people, like, this started around this time. Did did it affect any type of, like, plans at all that you had? Oh, yeah. Like, or were you just going to mics <laughs> and stuff and, like... Uh, the first month where, like, everything shut down, I was yeah. so depressed. Oh like, yeah. I was like two, three months into doing this and I was like really hitting a stride with writing. Uh, where like right. you know, you listen back to your set and you're like, all right, this didn't get a laugh, so I can cut this out or like right. how can this is funny, how can I make it funny? And like right. then they're like, You can't leave your house. So I was like, the only thing I want to do is <laughs> tell jokes right now. And Did you do any like zoom stuff or anything like that no so like i i i don't i always feel like i don't actually live in 2020 like i literally right. bought a laptop like three weeks ago because i was like i need a computer <laughs> i don't have a computer <laughs> right yeah like to me like i'm just i wish that my comedy could like could like switch like translate well to other media but it just doesn't yeah so it's like whenever i did that stuff it just felt like when i would like vlog on like instagram and stuff and it's like i can't do this and me like the joke i made about it which is perfect is like doing stand-up to me is a lot like what i imagine like a stripper that can't do online like cam stuff because she doesn't get the same endorphins yeah yeah it's like that's the same thing with me it's like you know it's like i need and also you know you can't help with your act like with a stripper like they need to know certain moves to do when they get like money thrown at them and that's the same thing with laughs for me it's like if i know that if you laugh at this part i get to keep this part in my set (laughs) and this part gets to go and like if i don't have that and people are just like listening to you talk it's there's no way to build on it yeah yeah and that's what like kind of the one thing that i hate now 
just like about everything that's going on is like there's not much shows like we've had a couple back we had uh i was on that roast uh battle show yeah the comedy fight club and we had the the show uh like q2 i wasn't on but like well i did it a little bit uh i did improv yeah the kearney commission put on yeah, yeah, that was such a fun but like, show. To me, it was always like, that was my, that has always been my thing, is like getting, and I would never, like, I wouldn't get, I always get on the shows, it took me a long time, but like, you know, it's just like, that's what your showtime is, you like, you build up your set for, you know, a month or whatever, and you're like, okay, I can get on the show and do, and work this out. Yeah, yeah. That's what I did, uh, I don't know if you ever did these. Uh, you're probably lucky. Like, you never had, you never did any, uh, like, bringer shows or anything. No, no. That's very good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like, it's something that, like, you know, it was funny. I was listening to this uh, podcast, uh, I guess, last year. I don't know if they brought it back for a third season, but they, like, talked about, like, they talked to different comedians of, like, different, like, scenes of like where they came from and it was just funny that Dimitri Martin said that he once like was talking to Jerry Seinfeld and he was like oh yeah I did bringers they're terrible (laughs) (laughs) they're terrible because and like to me I always I did them for way too long and my excuse for it was always well I'm performing on a stage where other like famous comedians have performed there's an audience like I at least have it's at least a thing I can do But it's such a, it's such a scam. It's such a like, and it's it's a hard thing because it's so indebted into the beginning stages of doing comedy. Yeah. That like what I like about now, what's so great with, like I think COVID has really like helped us. The one thing it's helped is it has, you know, as much as I hate what it's done to comedy clubs, like because some clubs are great, they're you know, they're great, but. I really like that it's sort of taken out the bringer show people because comedians are just like, we're just going to book ourselves. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're just going to like, and that's the cool thing with people like being able to get like Mark Norman now and other people is like those, those guys, they just want to work. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they don't care where you do. They'll, they'll, they'll do a show in a backyard yeah. with you. Like I, I saw like, Joe list last night in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, yeah. It, he is so good. Um, he was great. I wish I, I, I was like so inspired. Like he is him and uh, his wife Sarah, who's so fucking oh, funny yeah. too. Uh, his uh, but I was like, I was like, I need to hit a mic. I have a joke I'm working on. I want to like, you know, like part of me was like in, still inspired by comedy, but like right. as far as like bringers go. Like, I, I kind of knew the deal with them. Like, I haven't been, like, doing it long enough to where, like, there are bringers right. again. So, uh, but right. I, like, like, I did that when I was playing music. So, like, right. part of me learned right away that, like, whoever's producing a bringer show, like, they don't really care about your band or the show. Right. <laughs> they care about selling those tickets so they can pay the rent on the place like and like i felt like i always felt bad for you know when i stopped doing them because even though a majority of them in comedy it's such a it's such a hard thing with comedy because some of them some of the guys they work with the comedy club and they're very like genuine people. yeah like they this is their system they they worked long enough in stand-up to become a host they're skilled enough as a as a host, they can do hosting gigs and they can, and that's how they are able to work with a club and be able to, you know, start yeah. one. But then there are some people who are just, you know, sharks and just like yeah. they just take advantage of people who are new and. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, it's just like, it's always a thing. It's like a mix. It's like, you know, these, these bad apples sort of have ruined what. I think could initially be a good idea when you're starting out is to at least get people stage yeah, time. Yeah. Well, that's why I mean, but the big thing is I never like, have to worry about that. You know, you shouldn't have people forced to do stand up in front of people they love when they're terrible. Yeah. 
Well, that's the thing too. Like, like, so like when I was in a band, like you meet other bands and you like, oh, we're doing this. It's a bringer show. You'd be like, well, hey, right. Well, the four of us will go and support you. Introduce us to right. the producer, like. So we kind of built like this group of like to like we all went to each other's shows. So like when right, and that's what I'm. I was kind of surprised that like comedians don't have that. Where like, all right, this week it, it's your turn to do ten, and we'll all go out. And then next week it'll be my turn to do ten, and we'll all yeah. go out, and then kind of like rotate through that. Yeah, I think comedians are just very selfish, and also we get like. Like, everyone has their own stuff. Yeah. Like, they just get... Like, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Like, you can, you can... You know, the one thing that I... That happened to me was, like, you know... I have become, like... Much to a surprise to me is, like... How beloved I was to everyone in... In uh, the Brighton Barn stuff. And I was, like, people, like they clap and they chant my name when I got on stage. And I was like, you guys aren't booking me on your shows. <laughs> like you guys are like cheering my name when I walk on stage every night, but you're not booking <laughs> me on your shows. <laughs> so like, what is this? Like, I got like really annoyed. Cause I was like, am I good? Or is this like a pity thing? Or is it like this? So it was just like, I had to like realize, like, I just have to not only like work. The one thing that I realized is, you can't be fake. You have to really, like, to get on shows, you have to be friends with people. Like, that's the one thing that, like, I just sort of realized. Yeah. Was, like, networking is such a bullshit word. Like, it doesn't exist. Like, you have to, what you have to do is create friendships with people and create, like, like, I know a few people who are, like, how do I get on this podcast and stuff? It's, like, are you friends with the person that has <laughs> the podcast? Yeah. It's like, have you even talked yeah. to them? Do you say hi to them? Or had a the conversation? Yeah. You know, like, do you, do it's they like, know your name? When I did Eric Pollerbach's <laughs> podcast, he saw me do stand up. And that's like a rare instance where, like, and I did this with you, where it's like someone will see your stand up and put you on their show. But very rarely will that happen. Mostly it's, you know, a friendship thing yeah. and like a yeah. relationship is like, you know, for me, I'm always like, I want to, when I'm doing this now, is like, I want to get sort of everyone at the Brighton Bar is like my sort of goal. And also, I just want to share these these people with the world because I think these people are so yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think that's one of the things with stand-up that's like so yeah. great. It's just you find this, I found these amazing people and these amazing artists and creators and I just want to be like, I want to show them yeah. and give them, show them off and give them, you know, and give them a platform. Yeah. And uh, I really am uh, happy that you were excited to do this. Yeah. Like, again, like I've listened to like Angela on here, Matt Nesimetto, like it's been, it's been very helpful, like uh, to learn about the people that I see every night. Because I mean, like you, right. you, like, I don't really like, hang out at open mics like when i'm trying to be like a good crowd person for whoever's up there because yeah. that's what i want them to do for me so, so like yeah it's been like making friends in the slowest possible way going to open mics yeah. like because i'll talk to somebody maybe for like four minutes right once a month that's one thing <laughs> that like i had to learn to do better in the past like year or so was really like it's the hanging around part that is important because and it feels like this way with you too you just seem like you've gotten along really well with everyone and that is such a like i know from experience that's such like an underrated like thing you don't think about yeah yeah is like these people like to really get anywhere you had to form real relationships with people yeah and I mean, that's sort of what you see with professional comedians too, with like, you know, like you, you probably listen to uh, like Joe Rogan's podcast, yeah, yeah. like all those comedians, he's like friends with them, like in real yeah. life, they hang out and stuff. And it's like, 
that's what you kind of have to be with people because it's like you can't you can't just expect it to be like a one-way type of thing of like oh well if they like me they'll put me on a show it's like no people want to spend time with you you have to be cool to be yeah, yeah. well see that's so, so like all right I, i'm gonna go off on a little rant here a good rant no you can't <laughs> But totally. that's what it was like one so cool about coming into the the comedy scene is like people are friendly because they're usually in a place where they're like there to laugh and to make people laugh. Right. So like people are already open, but also like when I came into comedy, I I like needed friends so bad. Like my entire life, like I I get along with my family great. I love them. But like my friends have always been my family. And when I came in in December, like I was at a point in my life where like I didn't really have friends I was hanging out with. Like my my one close friend, he moved away and like I was hanging out with him pretty much every day. And then all of a sudden I I didn't have him to hang out with. Uh, Another friend of mine like got into like a a great relationship so she was spending time in that and i, I was like right in a place where like i yeah i, have I needed a, somebody to I, just be around you know because that's what i was so used to in my life and coming into the comedy scene all of a sudden there is people just hanging out <laughs> that i could right and i didn't have to put anything into the conversation or like i, I got my four minutes to go and talk on stage and then I could just sit there and exist in uh, a friend circle that was already there. Yeah. And it was so comforting for me to be able to just sit there and pay attention to the one person at a time and then get right. used to people in that way. Right. Uh, that made me think about so many things. Like when I was, like, I've always had this occurrence in my life. Like, it hasn't happened recently, which I'm very happy about. But whenever I got, like, a super, like, close friend when I was younger, they would always move away. And, like, for years, like, I didn't think, like, it affected me at all on any type of level. But it certainly does affect you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When that stuff happens. And, like, now stuff is easier because of technology. But still, it's, like... You form a relationship with someone, you get really close, and it's like, oh, they have to move away. Yeah. <laughs> like, you sort of miss that time. And with what I loved about this, and you probably felt this way too, is like, I, I wish that I had met. I, I say, like, when I first got into like the scene that I started in stand up, was like, I wish I knew these people when I was younger, like, way younger. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I finally found my people, which was such like a weird thing. Like I had friends growing up, but it was like, it, this was different. It was like, I relate to these people in a way that I have not yeah. with anyone else. Yeah. I totally get that too. Cause like, I almost feel like you're, it's so like being 34 and making new friends, like that was not something I was looking forward to. Cause like, right. I don't want to explain to people like this, who i am you know right yeah comedy was a cool way for like people could get to know you the way you want them to know you yeah and like you were getting to know the way they want you to know them but then you would hang out and also see who they they work it's like kind of great and kind of like a mixed thing as i always say like it's so like to me, what was so, uh, I don't know how to put how it starts, but it's like, I always think with comedians, I always say, like, socially, like, you were talking about how, with, like, and how you would talk to them and how you would get on shows. Like, I feel like people in other, like, facets of, like, entertainment industry know how to talk to people and know how to be, like, business people. And to me, I always say, like, comedians are like infants in tuxedos trying to like be adults yeah it's like you know we try so much to put on like this like kind of semi-professional like thing like oh we're gonna put on a show we're gonna feel we're still like very like as far as people and like performers go 
like comedians are very like and people know this nowadays are very like way more to themselves than people think yeah yeah so like socially it's very it's very uh and it's very cool to see that with stand-up like with our community what's great is i think there wasn't like a thing for so long that now there is the place like because a lot of it was years ago was just uh all the older guys were sort of like running everything we didn't really have any young people around and now we have like this whole new scene and it's so welcoming yeah yeah well that's and i just remember that was like really cool was coming into this like thing that was like and it feels like i don't know if it feels like this for you but it feels like a movement (laughs) like it, (laughs) it feels like like sort of being in like a punk band or something like or just in this punk scene, like, you're just, like, we're really, like, I feel like it's really become into its own. Yeah, yeah. With everything at the Brighton Bar and everything. Well, that's what, it's so weird, too. Like, so, like, I live in what I call Central Jersey, whether it exists or not, I'll let other right. people decide. But, right. so, like, I, I, I kind of dance between, you know, like, the South, jersey scene and the north jersey scene like it's right it's surprising to me how insular insular those scenes are too but that's why like i get excited when i see somebody like from brighton like doing a wawa open mic i'm like yeah you made it up here like cool like you get to check out these people and like when i see somebody uh... from up north down at the brighton i'm like awesome you get to see these people and like yeah because I started, like, doing that when I went to uh, Jersey City to do a couple of mics and stuff. I was, like, I met all these other people, and it was, like, you know, and then you go home, and then I went home, and it's, like, on Facebook, it's, like, oh, they're all friends with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's, like, brain into them. Yeah, yeah. And then we're just, like, you know, that was, was so funny was when uh, I did that road tour, the, the guys down there. I had all, like, met when I was in Jersey City doing their open mics. So when they came to, like, us, it was, like, really weird to have, like, people putting on a show from a different area of New Jersey that I knew about. I was like, you know, they just completely took over. And I was like, this feels so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Because I know these people. I know them. But... It feels like switch. Yeah, yeah. That's why I miss New Brunswick. Like, I can't wait for, like, things to open back up and New Brunswick to become a thing. Because it was, like, the meeting place of North and South. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was, uh, that was one of the places that was, uh, and that was always cool to have. Like, we always had those once in a while things, like, where you would get to, to meet everybody up together yeah. and just like that was always the big thing. It's just like getting together with more and more people. Yeah, yeah another thing and like I realized too, like yeah. the people that, that I usually liked the most were the people that like I saw going to like a Jersey City mic, but then like also the Brighton Bar. And like right. part of me was like, oh, these people like are are like working hard at this craft so like maybe yeah i should be following what they're doing where i'm like going all across new jersey (laughs) to do as many mics as possible yeah that's the that's the the key part to it is like to me i have such like a like i'm very fortunate in like what i can do and like it's just like always like trying to find like rise without drive because uh that's always an embarrassing thing it's like there's no major story to it i just failed the written test <laughs> like six times <laughs> and like so i've never like you know written before so it's just like i've just like to me i just have to rely on you know i was for the longest time it took me forever to like actually ask people to give me rise because i was so like i didn't want to impose on yeah, anyone. Yeah, i still I don't yeah. i'm just like but, like, I just noticed, like, there's a couple comedians who don't drive, and they just, like, 
and there's also like people like having people to go to places with like it can be scary to go to an open mic all by yourself oh yeah definitely so when you have like someone to go with you that kind of helps too. yeah yeah and it always makes everything better just to go with like to have a group of people to be yeah. around yeah that's but uh, that's one thing too like where like i feel like <laughs> again starting at 34 like I, I'm so comfortable being by myself in a crowd of people who all know each other. Right. Like, I I feel like I could go anywhere. It doesn't matter what's going on. Like right. I'm gonna have a good time just hanging out with me. And right. That that's like an advantage in in doing this because like like I I, I feel like now like I can go to like any mic in New Jersey and I'll know ten people, but starting right. out yeah. like, I didn't mind that I didn't know anybody like I wasn't there right. for them per se. like anyway you know <laughs> right um, I uh, I'm gonna wrap up here but I feel like I'm, I'm so happy that you did this uh, I uh, do you have like anything like social media that you need to like plug or anything? Uh, yeah, uh, I guess my Instagram, which uh, is Timothy Razor. Um, follow me on there. Uh, I got a show coming up, uh, Jersey City, uh, the Riff on the Roof that Ryan Rummel produces. Uh, that's going to be on Sunday, November 15th. Uh, it's a great time. I don't know exactly who's on the show yet, uh, but right. I'll be posting on Instagram the time and uh who's going to be on there with me uh, i'd appreciate if someone hears this and wants to come out they can dm me or, or uh the riff on the roof uh instagram also uh, i also want to thank um carl and kelsey for putting me on the cabaret queue that was such a fucking good time oh yeah you killed that that was that was that was an amazing thank set, you man that was that was fantastic. I was like, you know, I, that was one of the, just like, I wish, you know, that's one of those nights that like, I wish like we, I was talking with Angelo, like, I wish we had like a documentary <laughs> with us that like filmed like a show, like, like if this was like a TV show, it'd be great. Like a documentary series of like the right more. Cause like, that would be like a fucking great like thing to like sort of see like the culmination yeah, of. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were just building that, you know, that set for weeks, and then being like, "This is it," and it works, and it's, you know, it's it's really great. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I mean, so. definitely like that. Like I'm still working at that, <laughs> you know. Like, and I know how like, and it's always you're trying to find stuff. Like me too. It's like you're trying to find stuff that like can match the stuff that's good, like. Oh, so yeah. I was like trying to find the next material to put in. See, that's the thing that no one tells you is that, like, if you have like a good five minutes, it's so hard to go up on an open mic and then bomb for five minutes when you have good material. <laughs> right. You just want to do that. You want to punch that and get the laughs and right. trying new stuff and... is like, oh my God. God, like the first open mic I did all new stuff after that show, I was like, I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Holy shit. <laughs> right. I think I, I remember that saying, I was just like, you know, to me, I felt so bad because I was like, I know that he's working at it. <laughs> and the one thing that's like so great about you, and I think just, just goes to like a credit of like your personality and everything is like, people haven't gotten, I said this, like people haven't gotten like sick of it yet. Like, you do that same people do the same set people get annoyed with them they're like you know people will be like write new material like, <laughs> me i want to encourage you to do that but a little part of me is like i hope you keep doing that set <laughs> <laughs> i hope you keep doing those shows because <laughs> i love the uh the um what was it the holocaust museum the, Not the, holocaust <laughs> museum, the holocaust like thing the and that's and a Frank, from yeah. uh that was uh, th that's that was a, actually that's an epidemic joke that I was thinking of. Without quarantine, I don't know if you've ever was that heard that. It's an Anthony Jeselnik joke he has where he's like, "I went to the 
the um, Anne Frank Museum. It's like, you know, you think, and it's like, whenever you're there, you feel bad because you're like, oh, shit. Why didn't I think of that? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I, um, yeah, yeah, but all your material, like, just, and that's, it doesn't seem like a long time, like, but it's actually a full set. Like, that's what's really cool about stand-up is, like, I don't know if you know if you felt this way, like learning. Was it surprising you to learn like timing? Like, oh, this joke takes like two minutes. Oh, yeah. This joke takes like six minutes. That was like a big thing to me. Yeah. And it's like, it's it's funny. Like, constructing a set is so much different than doing a mic. Like, it's almost, it's it's like a, a different category in a category. Right, but uh, like that was that was fun for me to do because like I I never thought like how can I lead this into that and like even still like I'm not happy with like I have a definite cutoff where I'm talking about my family and then all of a sudden I'm on to a new topic and like right. I I still don't like that transition but I feel like I'm I'm figuring that out like how to move right like because at mics you can just be like all right new topic like they're all comics they know that right. this is <laughs> yeah but like a cohesive 10 minutes like that's obviously like the goal yeah yeah but that's the one thing like for me like i don't know if you've done this uh but like do you have uh i guess you have like a full set that you're working on. Like, to me, what was so annoying about COVID was I was going to have, um, I was working on writing, like, an hour, like, set mm-hmm. to do. And, like, I was going to perform it in two places. I was going to perform it at the Brighton Bar, and then I was going to perform it at this other place that we, uh, I don't know if you ever went to, um, the George Street Co-op. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's my yeah, that, that's my favorite mic. The mics that happen there, because I love that room. So I love the people like they did shows there called like "How Long Can You Do?" That people did, and I wanted to do one. So I was like, I was like, you know, my whole thing was I'm gonna work on this for, you know, at least a year or a year and a half, and then perform it twice live, and maybe at one of them record it and put it on Spotify or something. But just like work on an hour, and then this whole entire thing happened <laughs> and it was just like shit now i don't have and like i didn't have any like things set up like like really concrete but i was just like i kept writing for like an hour and now like the thing that sucks is like i want to keep working on material on that material but like i have no no final stage like that's the thing that sucks now is like there's no like next step yeah because that's what i always used to have with shows which is like you know and that's why i'm happy that you have a show that you're on because you just get to keep building man yeah and you're you're gonna you're already doing really well but you're gonna you're gonna get way better and way and it's gonna be uh really cool to see and i can't wait thank you and i can't wait i i hope we get back to normal and you can do that hour too i'd fucking love to see it well, anyway, uh, thank you. I don't mean to rush. It's just like sometimes this can go like oh, yeah. forever, and then sometimes <laughs> it just cuts off. So like they'll be like, "You let me record for like three hours last time. Why are you cutting <laughs> off?" <laughs> so, uh, but thank you so much for doing. No, thank this. you for having me. Uh, I I guess I'll see you uh, on yep, Monday. I will see you Monday. <laughs> All right. Cool. All right. All right. Have a good one. Thanks, All man. Right, bye. You too.